Listen up or run for cover. Dropping knowledge from the people who have it to the people who need it. The, the real Bradley Bombs is dropping. Bradley back again with another episode of Dropping Bombs today in the studio, folks. Do I have a real treat for you? Egypt Sherrod, folks. Welcome, Egypt. Hi, Brad. Now, listen. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're so intense. I love it. I love it. Now, listen. If you guys are listening and you know who she is, then 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 that's obvious. But if you don't know who she is, she's actually the host of Flipping Virgins on HGTV, Property Virgins. You're a very accomplished author, right? You have a book out called Keep Calm. Keep Calm. It's just real estate. You're no stress guy to buying a home. That's right. And you're like up for or nominated for an NC, NAACP Image Award. Image Award, which is awesome. But guess what? I'm still just mom to Simone, Kendall, and Harper. <laughs> so all of that's great. But, you know, for me, I'm just doing what I love. And this is the stuff that people tell me. Oh, by the way, did you know? And I'm like, oh, cool. Okay. I still got to go to the supermarket tonight. <laughs> now, why do you, now, why do you think that is? Because you're focusing on on on. You're not even focusing. That's what you're saying. You're focused over here. That's just happening. Yeah. Like, like, well, truth, I think what happens is when you do what you love to do, what you were made to do, what comes to you naturally, the thing that you wake up in the morning thinking about and going to sleep at night thinking about, the universe conspires in your favor and you don't have to make an effort past getting up in the morning and just doing what you love. Now, see, we've always heard stuff like that from our parents, right? How come people don't just act on the on the things where multiple successful people say the same thing? It's like we're not hiding uh, secrets. That is, ex- I, I say that exactly. And wouldn't it be great if you could actually do that? And people are like, "Yeah, but that's not really." Well, that's there, there it is right there. What you just said, Brad, that that's not really what happens is we start talking ourselves out of our own success. We start talking ourselves out of our own destiny. Where does that come from? We're not born that way. We're born great. We're born to be people of abundance. I'm but not, I'm not going to be able to bomb all this. Bomb me, bomb me. Go ahead. Thank it'll, you. It'll just but, be constant bombs. But what happens is when we're young, I believe people start planting seeds and then we start believing false truths about ourselves mm. and then we adopt fear fear is false evidence appearing real mm-hmm. we adopt it and we start to believe false evidence about ourselves and and so we're programmed and that's why that's how you con yourself out of your own destiny mm. sounds like you listen to my show i do yeah i wish you did we're, we're, no. No. I'm, I'm new to your show but i'm a fan you know why because you told me yesterday your instagram uh congratulations on all your followers by the way and all your success but you told me about it and then I, last night that's all i did i spent i the whole night like watching all your posts so i'm a fan now and i think <laughs> i have a little crush but it's like a it's a schoolgirl. i'm married really can't do nothing about it crush i hear you <laughs> well it goes both ways well that's very nice of you but but you are on a TV show and I'm not. So I would love Yet. to be on a TV show. Yet. That, you know, I don't know if you know this, but when I was a kid, I always wanted to be a movie star. So I had a starring role in a movie once and three days before production, the producer's son got out of a drug rehab. And as a gift, as a you know good award reward, 
they gave him my part in this movie. You're kidding me. No, I'm not. It's the dead, dead honest truth. There's a whole story behind it. What's but the, it, what was the movie, though? It was called Indian Summer, but then it was changed to Dixie Lanes. Now, I'm not familiar with it. Did it become uh, a good movie? Or? Dude, I'm 100 years old. <laughs> so okay. I'm used to having uh, male guests, apparently, because I just called you dude. <laughs> it's okay. But, but dude, Ed, I'm a dude I, I, gave, I gave it up because I went to L.A. and I'm like, I'm struggling. I'm like, man, I, yeah, this is nepotism or nepotism. But I realized that the person with the money decides who gets what part. So I thought naively, I'll just go be a millionaire real quick and I'll be back. You know, I'll just do that. I just didn't know it'd take. 30 years so now that i'm a quote unquote millionaire which i hate saying because that means you're not a multi and i am but that's irrelevant i can now afford i can now (laughs) afford to make a movie if i wanted to but now i'm not so sure that that's the best business to be in because every time i get excited and start talking to investors they're like dude if you want to make a little money in movies you start with a bunch Wait, if you want to make a little money in yeah. movies. In other words, you, it, you're going to lose your money. Okay, gotcha. Like, if you want to make a small pile of money racing, start but is that, with a I big mean, pile. Well, so let me ask you, is that is that your passion, though? Is that something that's still... Know. Let's I, be honest. You, you, the, well, what's passion... What the, the fun part is being famous. Like, the actual <laughs> acting part... <laughs> But, okay, so you know I'm a real estate broker. Yeah. Like in real life, I'm a real estate yeah. broker, and I represent a lot of celebrities and athletes. I don't, you don't see that anywhere. You don't see that on my bio because number one, I try to keep that private for them. But also, truthfully, most of them are broke. Really? Most of them are broke why? with bad credit. Why? And what do you mean the why? Being they're not famous, investing their money correctly. Being famous doesn't mean being rich. Well, being famous also doesn't mean being smart. True. So. The goal should, to me, should never be to be famous. It should be to be happy. Hey, see, first kids, and foremost, kids, you listening, kids? <laughs> That's true. It should be to have peace of mind. Yeah, and to be able to live your authentic truth, regardless of money. Regardless, regardless of no. Listen, money is an illusion. Yeah, but do you recommend people get some? Listen, I, of course, but but not the way that you're thinking. Not earned. What do you mean, passive? Passive. Yeah, investment. Money is an illusion. What we all really seek is freedom. Choices. Peace of mind. That's right. Right. But we think, many of us falsely think that it comes from working our tails off. You go to church? Yes, I do go to church. Heavy duty? Have I what? Heavy duty? Heavy, no, I don't. In other words, all the time? No. Because you sound like a touch of a pastor. Okay. Was that a, was that a compliment or was that an insult though? That's a, but that's a comp, that's a compliment. You ever heard of Les Brown? Of course, I have indeed. I've read his book. TD Jakes. Mm-hmm, I have like, indeed. Like, a fan. If I could speak like them, it'd be amazing because they have that pastoral touch. So I, I, I say it as a compliment. Okay, well, I receive it. Thank you. I'm still working on being see, able to take see, compliments. I receive it. See? I receive it. That's pastoral. Well, not- you're, you're angelic and pastoral. <laughs> Okay, all right. I like that, Angelic. I've never been. I've been called a lot of things, by the way. Well, Usually, things that I can't um, say on your radio show. But um, not a, not an angel. Angelic. Not angelic. There, you heard it. You heard it here. <laughs> it's true. Now, you you also said you you love your children because you go to I your do. you go to your Instagram and it's all all, all your my kids babies. and whatnot. Yeah. And by the way, folks, if you if you guys aren't following her, go to at Egypt Sharad S H E R R O D on Instagram and man she lets you right into the life. There's no there's no uh phony business there. It's kids, it's real life stuff. Mm-hmm. So so 
your TV show's popular. It's like the longest run. It's a, it's a long running show, isn't it? Uh, well, I've been with HGTV, gosh, for nine years. Yeah, that's long run. Um, right after, uh, yeah, I was on the radio before that. But um, uh, it's, again, not something I sought out. And it's been a long run. Can I just share something with sure. you? So, uh, and this is what I talk about when I say the universe supports you. When you put out your energy and you get up every morning, you just do what you love. You put out good energy and um, you don't allow failure into your subconscious at all. So I was a radio personality for 18 years and I was on New York City radio at the time. Um, I was also a real estate broker, uh, you know, selling real estate, flipping houses in, in New York, New Jersey area. And one day I got a phone call while I was on the air, much like what we're doing right now. And it was a casting director from HGTV who said, you know, I listen to you on the radio uh, and you talk real estate and, you know, you're, do you really do this? And I looked up at my producer who was laughing for some reason. So I thought it was a joke. I thought it was a hoax. And he says, uh, I'm casting a show for HGTV and I think you could be uh, a good host. This was on the radio, Brad. And I hung up on him. What are you doing? Are you recording me? I hung up on him because I thought... It was a joke. Luckily, they called back. And that is how my HGTV career began with a call that I thought was a hoax on the radio. Unbelievable. Now, when you first joined, was it just like I stopped the radio or were you doing radio and the show? Um, Again, I, I, what are you doing? Dude, He's trying to record nuts. me at the same time on his phone. <laughs> um, Siri. So, no, I was I was still hosting radio for my first four years working with HGTV. I still did the radio show. Um, it was in New York, and then I moved to Atlanta when the show moved to Atlanta. But, um, again, that was me. I, I, had, I had some level of fear that the television wasn't going to take me where I wanted to go, that all of a sudden, no, this, this can't be real. Where did you want to go? I, you know, freedom. I was always just seeking freedom and family. That's what it was. And I just did what I loved every day. But I, I got fearful about everything that was happening around me and thought, it's not going to be real. One day they're going to pull the rug out from under me. And I didn't want to leave the radio show, which, by the way, on one flip house, I make what I was making in radio. <laughs> There's no. no money to be made in radio. But um, it, And I was afraid to leave. And then one day I got the courage and I've been retired from radio for now about five years and but I got the courage to walk away from radio it was a great career how did you start but there? how did I start where radio uh well I tripped and fell into it I was a receptionist at a radio station and <laughs> This is what I'm talking about, right? So I was a receptionist at a station, and I said, I'm going to be the best damn receptionist ever. And I'm, you know, I would pick up, call on line 101. <laughs> you know? And they're laughing throughout the station. Hey, uh, Mr. Jackson, you got somebody on hold on 102, and they're not waiting all day, you know? And I would just do stuff like this over the loudspeaker. And the production director said, dude, I got to try you out on the radio. You're you're just funny. You're I got to try you out. I started uh, as an overnight radio personality on a jazz radio station, and I would talk like this. You ready? Turn on the quiet. Uh, and anyway, that was, what, 20-something years ago. Well, that's, that's, yeah. that's a hell of a story, too. I always wanted to be on the radio because I always feel like they have these radio voices. You have a radio voice. Well, I think I could, but this isn't it. This is just me, my voice. What would what would your radio voice be? <clears throat> it would be more. For some reason, I'm raspy today, but it would be more like the radio guys mixed with a a strip club DJ. 
Wait, do it. I gotta hear it. Go. Well, it'd be more like, <clears throat> I don't know. Um, you know, hello everybody. Welcome to Las Vegas, Nevada. It's 97 degrees here. It's just stuff like, you know. Damn, almost, that was good. Almost. I'd hire you. What do you call it? It's almost like DJ-ish. But that was good. I mean, you could do the weather. You could do, you know, sports and stuff yeah. like that in that voice. But what's what's real, what's relatable is your regular voice, the way you're talking to me right now. That rasp in it, that mm-hmm. honesty in your voice, that's real. Well, I like it. I like it. But today it's a little extra raspy. Otherwise, I'd do my, hello, everybody. It doesn't even come out right. <laughs> hello, everybody. The, the Prince of Pop, the Duke of Dance. We're, we're going to be spinning music Duke all night. Dance? What type of music yeah. do you play to that? <laughs> you know, I don't know. Frankie Valli? Like, is, what are you Yeah, doing? I told you I'm 100, okay? I'm 100 years old. I've been listening to the radio since, since before you were born. How Any, no? Now, you, you've said that three times, Re- really. I'm an old how, man. How young are you? Oh, don't worry how about that. How seasoned? There I'm, it is. I'm Not a, how old. I'm how a, seasoned? I'm, well, if I were in prison, they'd call me the police because I'm 5'0". Okay, so I'm a couple years behind you. Yeah, well, hey. <laughs> so I'm, the, but I'm not. If you're calling yourself old, you're calling me old. I've, I've lived, I guarantee you, three lifetimes. What did you do, Brad, before all of this? All of what? All, the sales, the the inspiration, the motivation, the dropping I don't, bombs but I don't, I don't on really, people randomly. What? what I don't. Did you I don't do? really do motivation though. I don't. I I am motivating to on people. purpose. Maybe you don't do it on purpose, but you. No, I think the difference is is I'm motivating mm-hmm. to people. I don't know why, but I am to people. But I'm not. I'm not motivational. Meaning, I'm not trying to motivate people. I'm trying to warn them. I get it. I'm trying to give them enough information so they don't make the same mistakes I had to make. Because again, if you're not reaching back and helping the people that are coming up after you, there's a problem, I think, with your mindset. Like some people feel like they have to compete. And I feel I'd rather uh, create. Like in other words, if you create, you're adding to the world. If you compete, you're just taking what's already in existence. Mm -hmm. So who do you think the universe is going to reward more? Someone that's creating mm-hmm. or someone that's competing? I think the one that is co-creating with the universe. That's right. We're on the same team. Because you can create ideas. Ideas lead to things. Beliefs lead to things. You know what I'm saying? But perspectives are also important. And most people say it's lonely at the top. And I always say it's only lonely at the top if you don't help anyone else get there. Hey. You know what I'm saying? Can I drop a bomb on that? Sure. Am I allowed to drop bombs? Here. Now, now, that's why I like you, because you got the VT coming out, by the way. If you guys ever, she's going to do a number of courses, but the first two, she's going to basically show realtors the seven. The seven highly, excuse me, the seven habits of highly successful realtors. So, So if a realtor were to emulate the seven habits of highly successful ones, what do you think the likelihood they would become highly successful? I mean, it's a no-brainer. We're not reinventing the wheel. I mean, success is not, it's not far out of reach in anything that we want to do, period. We just have to find people, find people who are doing what we want to do already, and they're doing it successfully, and emulate them. Period. It's that simple, and I'm giving you the blueprint. Yeah, and it is that simple. That's what I don't get with people. I And if you look at my stuff, you'll eventually go, dude, this guy's just saying the stuff simply right breaking I'm, it down i'm just trying to make it make sense to people because people want to act like everything's rocket science it's like not really that difficult how do you succeed 
Well, first of all, I get up in the morning. I'm grateful. Well, are you grateful? Yeah, but. And then it's like, there's why you're there's not successful. It, the yeah, buts. You know, it, there's so much in that word gratitude. Um, and to, to live a grateful life, to be a grateful spirit means that we appreciate already what we've been given and that we're ready to receive more. Yeah. And guess what? Let me ask you a question. How big is your family? Uh, <laughs> not, I don't have a huge family. Have no. you ever, have you ever they, went, showed up to Christmas or some holiday where you've bought kids gifts? And, and there's certain kids that, like, doesn't matter what you buy them, they just look at it like, eh. And then you're kind of like, eh. And so you don't really want to get that kid anything else, right? It's like, you know, whatever. Like, little Johnny always hates everything. Like, he's a little brat, right? That's what people say. Doesn't matter what you get him either. You get him a badass four-wheel Yamaha Razor with helmets and gear and, like, what any kid would freak out about. Kid looks at it, eh. Is there gas? You know, that kind of kid. When you buy people gifts like this and they don't respond how you wish they would, now you really don't <clears throat> you really don't care if you buy them anything else again. Now, if you buy a kid, if you give a kid a paper clip and they go berserk, like, oh my God, thank you, and they're so grateful, and they're really sincerely grateful, and they're excited and they freak out, it's almost like you instantly think. What else can I get this kid? This is so true. It was a few Christmases ago, uh, Brad, our eldest daughter, she's a teenager. Um, so when I say that, you already know that somehow at age 12, aliens came down and stole the real her from her body. And I'm just waiting for the day they return her. Somehow, when they become teenagers, they're not the same. But uh, she wanted a computer. And that's all she said was, I, I want a computer. I want a laptop. So my husband went out and purchased her a laptop and didn't think to ask her what kind but does it really matter you're a teenager you've never worked a day in your life you're lucky with what you get (laughs) it's his thought that's how he was raised she opens it up for christmas and her face her face just dropped no thank you no nothing and she goes "Mm." and he's like "Mm." because it's not an apple (laughs) "Mm." it's not a mac it's not an apple that was the one she wanted and he goes "Mm, give it back i'll take it back to the store i'll give it to someone who will appreciate it and um Did, did you take it no, I told her what, what I pulled her aside and I said, you're going to go thank your dad because he was really excited to give you that. And it's a, it's all in how you deliver it. If that's not the one that you wanted, what you do is you go back and say, I really appreciate it. I'm grateful that you thought enough to get me what I asked for. Is there any way <laughs> that I can change it out for the one that I want? But you got to show a spirit of gratitude or else you'll never get another thing in your life. Yeah. Well, that's great advice because that's where I was going. The universe will act the same way, whether it's God, whether it's the universe, whether it's you know karma, whatever whatever you believe in. I guarantee you, whatever the force is, acts the same way. So if you if you're not <clears throat> excited about what the universe is providing you, why would they? Why would it provide you any more? But on the other hand, if you are extremely excited and extremely grateful for everything you've received, even if it, and by some comparison, is nothing to be excited about. That's a perspective, by the way. If you're extremely excited and genuinely excited and grateful, the universe seems to give you more. Like, again, I'm a high school dropout, you know, blue-collar family. I'm not supposed to be, quote-unquote, successful. I'm supposed to be, you know, regular Joe. 
maybe 60, 70, 80, 90 grand a year. I think, you know, the, the, the highest pay in my entire family was like 90 grand. And that's by societal standards. Yeah. But, not, but, but, it's not spiritual but, standards. But guess what? I've always been the one that thinks differently. I don't think the same as my siblings. I don't act the same. Why? I don't know why. Maybe I was, you know, an alien. Who knows? <laughs> but what I do know is I do think differently. It's clear. Like, like, like they say, oh, they have to go to work. I say I get to go to work. All that cliche crap you hear about mindset, I do apply it. And it does work. And I've, I've helped coach people, share it with them. Their life starts to work. It's like, folks, a positive mindset the right perspective, a good attitude, and being grateful is, I believe, mandatory. When did you realize you were different, though? When did you realize that you had um, it? You know, I don't know, but what's funny is in my book I'm writing, I'm writing a book called The Hard Way. All kinds of crazy things have happened. I've learned lessons since I was little the hard way, but I've always learned them. And Several of those lessons are like, what? Like, for example, maybe back to answer your question, maybe back when I was little walking up the hill to where we lived and I opened my palm and I was with my two friends and I said, man, what would you do if a bird just shit in my hand (laughs) and a bird shit in my hand? (laughs) I know you're lying. This this did not happen. I swear on everything. I said, what if a bird just shit in my hand and it went plop? right in my hand and I'm like oh my god and everybody freaked out and it was like oh my god no way and I'm you know I got shit on my hand so I'm doing this and I'm like no way but we were also freaking out because holy moly I just it just happened you called it to yourself so so that's one example I knew like I knew something Uh, I can go by a roulette table sometimes not always and I can picture the next number now the most in a row I've hit was five and I got kicked off the table they told me you you can't play anymore. they thought you were cheating somehow exactly but but all i did was in my head see the number and how i see the number is relevant like i walk by for example the last number was 19 the the number that just hit was two and in my head i'll say 19 minus two is 17 and i'll say the next number 17 and sure enough it's 17 okay so what's the what's the mega millions going to be tomorrow i don't know come on because i've never hit Give it, it to me. and i do try <laughs> So, so I think I can tap into things. So again, I, I, I did that when I first came to Vegas when I was 20 years old. So, so that's when I knew I was, I was special, but I think, I don't really think I'm special. I think I'm normal. I think we were created to be this way and you already hit it in the head. Drop that bomb. See, you already hit it on the head when you, when you said we were programmed, we, we, we learned to be abnormal which is average because we were born to be great we are great every one of us in every way right yeah you know you're just saying so many smart real things you know i've always said <laughs> Thank you. i mean it's it, 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 we let's talk about school for a minute because okay. you know i was just having this conversation about what kids learn right in school why are they not teaching them how to be financially responsible manage their credit why aren't they teaching them how to make money work for them have a instead conversation of working for money introduce That's themselves because what is happening is from childhood they are programming them to be employees and average and average so and it's crazy too because again that a lot of people recognize but yet they don't stop and nobody stops them that's the whole thing because everyone it's comfortable it's comfortable 
to be status quo. It's comfortable to live in the margin. And we we have aspirations of being super successful, of being what mega millionaires or what have you. We have these aspirations and these dreams. And I hate the word dreams because dreams seem unattainable, right? Dreams seem like that's what I'd like one day, but that's too good for me. And, and it's because you're living in a margin. But if you recognize, if you recognize that all you have to do is shift your mindset to not one day I want to, to I will and make that your reality and your truth to not uh, that'll never be me to when it's me. You know, and speak that to ourselves, then that's how we become the manifestors of our destiny. And we reject the notion of being average. That's correct. And that's why you no longer be average. See how easy that is? This is easy. But again, everyone that's listening right now, yeah, but that's my point. There is no yeah, but it works. And you're correct when you said they're teaching us. Everyone always says, Brad, what do I need to learn to? And I say, dude, sometimes you need to unlearn. Like, it's what you learned that's the problem. You need to unlearn some things, then you'll be fine. Does that make sense? It makes sense. I was a C-plus student, always. I was always, um, (laughs) I mean, as far back as I can remember, I was a C-plus student. And uh, the teachers would complain that I asked too many questions. Uh, They'd say I was talkative and disruptive. And I think about it now and I laugh. But truthfully, what it was is I was rejecting being normal. Then. Yeah, well, you know, the the school system punishes you for being wrong. So, like, if you, you know, raise your hand, whoever gets the answer, and when you raise your hand and it's wrong, you know, they tell you to put your hand down and make you feel stupid, and you kind of feel stupid because everyone makes you feel stupid because you were wrong. And then people stop wanting to be wrong, so they stop doing things. They stop trying. They stop taking chances. They they don't want to be wrong. They're, they're, they start to fear being judged. What are people going to think about you, Egypt? You better not do that. You know, we're taught to be limited. It's crazy. But here's the biggest thing that's the problem that I see with schools anyway. They send our kids to school where the teacher talks. Then they send the kid home with homework where they're going to have questions and the parents are not teachers. So why can't they let the teacher talk while the kids are at home and the parents can can make sure that they're listening to the teacher because that's a parent there and then send them to school with the homework and the questions that's now that's interesting you know but also like reverse it they're doing it wrong they're sending them home with all their questions we don't have the answers we send them back and now they're talking some more okay how about that interaction number one number two well that's too much work well not only that but the but the but if look at school as a business if a school was a business who should be the customer if school was a business, who should be the customer? Mm-hmm. Who? It should be the student. Should be the student. How come then <clears throat> school start at like 7 a.m. when students are still sleepy? Why can you not chew gum in class? What do you mean? I'm the customer. You should make me comfortable. What if I like to chew gum? What if chewing gum can help me focus? Because in some cases, chewing gum actually helps you focus. But no gum. Why? We don't want gum on the chairs. Well, then who's your customer? The janitor? The, the, the teacher? And look at the chairs. Why are they so uncomfortable? <laughs> you know, my, my kids go to um, a science, arts, and entrepreneurship academy. They don't sit behind desks. They're beanbags and they're mats and sofas and what have you. And they promote wherever you feel comfortable learning is where you go sit. Whatever you your feel. Your kids go to that school? Yes, they do. See, they're going to be winners. I'll yeah, bet you anything. Whatever you want to do. Whatever makes you go. As long as 
you stay involved, as long as you ask questions, as long as you're doing the assignments, wherever you want to go. You should give that school and a plug. I know, right? Well, well, I'm not going to, though, because I still pay a great deal of tuition. So they <laughs> they got to pay me for that. But <laughs> here, here's what I'll say uh, to answer your question. Why? Why do they have to be at school so early in the morning where they're still sleepy? Why do they have to sit behind desks like soldiers? Why can't they chew gum? Why can't they be comfortable? Again, it goes back to we are not trying to create independent thinkers. We are not trying to create successful people. We are trying to create, you know, if 1% are the wealthy we're trying to create the 99 percent that do the work mm-hmm. that is what school currently is designed to do e. did you did you graduate or drop out <laughs> i did graduate so I, I played the game so yeah. i dropped out of college or high school high school what, at what grade 10th well 11th just and, started the 11th and quit and and what was it that made you say i'm done well actually my dad kicked me out of the house for not mowing the lawn and I was excited again most people like oh poor Brad shit that was like a freaking blessing it's like oh my god I I get no supervision so when I got kicked out of my house I thought I don't need to go to school nobody's gonna I'm not gonna get in trouble so I quit going to school and then you know they would send the letters home to my dad's house and well he kicked me out and i haven't talked to him for a while so what's he gonna do go to school what did you can't what'd you do after that well i did a bunch of things i ran off to la to be an actor i freaking went to new york i just ran around doing all kinds of things you know the story's long that's why i said i lived a lot of lives but at the end of the day i dropped out in the 11th grade now most people would assume, well, that makes you uneducated. When in reality, I've talked to people with MBAs and they cannot believe I'm having a conversation with what they're having a conversation. It's like, just because someone does, just because someone stops school doesn't make them stupid, right? So you, you took the plug out. Yeah, pretty much. You but took the plug but, out. But, but, but I, I, I got tested and I was, you know, getting tested at college levels in high school. So, I mean, I was always intelligent. I just, I think I was bored. I think I was, you know, bored. It was bored. It was boredom. Like, like they were not, it wasn't difficult. Like, it's so stupid. If you listen to the teacher, she tells you the answers. And then they test you to see if you know the answers. Well, if you were fucking listening and writing the fucking notes, you'd know the fucking answers. Like, how hard is this? There was no, there was no challenge. It wasn't, Hey, here's a puzzle. See if you can figure that out. Like, Oh, very good. Have you tried this? Have you tried that? Like I wasn't being challenged. It was stupid to me. Like it was, and, and you know, it just wasn't fun. But the main reason I dropped out was because I had no parental supervision and I was only going to school really for the girls. And since I already done had all of them. I was off. If you guys could see me roll my eyes right now, I bet. They can't. They can't. <laughs> but no, seriously, I usually went to school for, for the, you know, for the social life. It was fun. And, you know, now I'm in the 11th grade. I already know everybody. I don't, you know, I can still hang out with them after school. So I just quit going to school because I was an irresponsible dipshit. And by the way, if you're listening to this, I wouldn't justify that someone became successful even though they dropped out. Because I don't necessarily think that dropping out made me successful. I, I do think, however, it did give me an advantage. You know why? Why? Because I went and learned real shit. Real not, life skills. Not hypothetical mm-hmm. textbook supposed theories of bullshit from 
professors that don't even know what the hell they're doing. You know what they did? They read a book when they went to college. And guess what? That professor didn't actually build a business either. So pretty soon, it's all these people who taught people who taught people who taught people. Nobody actually did it. Did it for themselves. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, isn't that interesting? Like, So I went to college. I went to Temple University in Philadelphia, um, Brad. And I remember sitting there in a communications, it was a broadcast theory class, as a matter of fact, and there was a man there teaching everybody the proper way to talk on the radio, the proper way to do this, the proper way to do that. And (laughs) the question came up of, what was your journey? How did you get here? Where did you work? He went from college, he got his master's, he got his PhD, but never actually worked in the field. What qualifies you to teach this room full of dreamers at that time um, when you've never done it? That amazes me how much we pay, you know, into the collegiate system. And there are so many people there who've never done it. I was wondering when my bomb was coming. Well, that's Thank a bomb you. right there for sure. Guaranteed. Factual. But, but you know, I admire what you just said, but not everybody will have the same result you had. You, it's, just, it's just not always practical. It's, well, it's not. But, but also, um, you, you are, if, if there were a thousand people, you may have that. That may be your only story. I played it a little different. I did both. Again, I was a C plus student through everything. Um, I will say I never really applied myself because I was applying myself elsewhere. I was trying to learn the real life skills. I, you know, I was trying to build businesses when I was 15. I was so I was doing that. Oh, but I was going to school to appease everyone. So I'm here, guys. I'm here. You can check present. You know, I'm I took the test. I did enough to get by. Leave me alone so I can go focus on over here what I want to do. Upbringing your parents like they, they must have been good parents. They were great parents. They were great. Do you think that plays into it at all? Um, I think, yeah, I think it does. Because again, remember we talked about planting seeds and where we're learning from, how we learn that fear, how we start to have that self-doubt early. Uh, it, It comes, you know, sadly enough, it comes from the people who we love and who love us. And often they're the ones who are you know stealing stealing some of our soul and, and you know <laughs> because it's funny. of their own fears and you know what's funny is they're is they're trying to protect us from a failure that they're causing <laughs> and because they're doing it with the best intention oh honey don't go out and risk this for that you know why well because i don't want you to feel the the crushing feeling of losing and being felt you know inadequate so just don't try at all but you have to. You have to fail. I welcome failure because every time that I tried something and I was unsuccessful at it, the reward was that I tried it and I gained that experience and I got a lesson. And that was that's the prize is that you learned something new and you learned what not to do again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the, the part that we're often missing is the confidence to get back up and go right back at it. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, I, I welcome that because that makes your story worth telling. So the seven habits of highly effective realtors, rich, successful realtors, there's seven distinct habits, correct? Yes. And if people understand the basic rules of, of, of physics or, or just the laws of the universe, like action causes like results. So if the, if the seven habits were emulated by a average or bad realtor, the law would say that they would become a highly effective and successful realtor. 
Now, this VT, when I say VT, most of the bomb squad knows that means virtual training system. But for all the new listeners, an interactive virtual training system that basically allows Egypt to pop up and interactively coach a one-on-one 20 on demand based on your schedule, not hers, or you'd never get to catch her. And she's basically showing you exactly what to do to be a successful realtor. So if you're a realtor, you should. Or have or have a desire to have a career in real estate. Yeah, or want to well. be one. Yeah, but I also have, and this, this is a big one. You know, everybody's watching these television flip shows, Brad. Uh, but they're learning the wrong way to flip. You're watching them and you think you have all the skills that you need to go out there and risk your risk your nest egg, right, and become a successful flipper. But the truth of what you need is on the editing room floor. Now, see, there's a bomb right there, because, again, there's going to be a lot of people that want to learn how to flip houses correctly and make money doing it. And not only that, you're on all sides. You're flipping your real estate, you're brokering, you're you know, everything, all angles. And so I'm offering that course on the VT as well. Unbelievable. And the, and when someone takes that course, they'll be able to go out and successfully flip. And all you got to do is what I tell you to do. Step by step. That's works, it. Works for everybody. That's it. I bumped my head. I've, I've lost the money and I gained it back. I've done it all. All you got to do is what I tell you to do. Now, only because we haven't decided at the end of this show, pay attention because we're going to make sure that there is a special consideration for you listeners right now only. But we'll add it later because we haven't figured that out. True. But you have to give the bomb squad some sort of love. We're, oh, definitely. All right, good. But we'll, but we'll figure it out later. So, Because I want to talk more about flipping virgins. When I first Everybody's heard- Everybody's kids are safe. I know, but when <laughs> I first heard that you, know, that, that you were the host of flipping virgins, I'm, I'm thinking, what, what the hell is that? Like, what, What's going and on? And that's exactly why I named it flipping virgins. So my first show was property virgins, which sounds different, right? Property virgins, first time home buyers. And that was the show I hosted for uh, eight seasons. When I saw that, I listen, I'm really liking this TV thing. I want to grow it, but I'm not going to sit around and wait for them to cre- create a show for me. I'm going to let me go out and come up with an idea. Let me shoot it. Let me pitch it. And it, it was greenlit. So I became also the executive producer of that show. Um, and it, it went back to the root of how I got started in real estate in the first place and I was an investor while I was on the radio I was an investor flipping houses um, and so see, see again how did you start how did you know to do that naturally well I have real estate brokers in my family so I grew up knowing that real estate was the foundation foundation of wealth you talk yeah. to him but they've got real estate somehow in their portfolio sure. right so um, I, I knew that when I started making money instead of purchasing shoes and boots Louboutins Louboutins I can't even say it right instead of doing that let me make my money work for me and I started investing it in in real estate and that's uh, I was about 24 when I purchased my first flip property <laughs> and it was called a dollar house back then I purchased my first flip property for well I didn't purchase for for a dollar I think it was like six hundred dollars but they called them dollar houses because all you had to do was pay that and uh, assume the taxes that were due and it was yours. That's how I got in the business way, 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 way. Damn. Actually, wait, I'm only 25. So that was Where only like, like that was a few years ago. <laughs> were you like Detroit or something? No, it was Newark, New Jersey. Hey, well, how are they giving away houses for just the taxes? Well, at that time, there were so many dilapidated homes. I mean, the, the entire city had collapsed, it looked like. I mean, you could drive through the city and everything was boarded up. Uh, and they, they, you know, they had squatters living in the property or Section 8 living in the property. And they, you know, wanted to build this city back up. If you drive through Newark right now, downtown, it's gorgeous. It's everything. They've got stadiums. They've got condos and lofts. But this was then. 
right? When they had the idea that we want to create this. It's so close to New York where we've got the waterfront right here. This can be fantastic if we could just convince people to move here. So let's let's create an incentive to build the city. And that was the incentive. Mm, makes sense. So, so you'd go in, buy these houses, and then... F- Gut them, flip them, make them nicer looking than they were previously. And occupy them because people at that time, no one really trusted what was going to happen. So regular homeowners weren't moving in there. Instead, what we were doing was turning them into three families or two family and renting them to Section 8 tenants, people who needed a place to live. But the government was paying their rent. You guaranteed, they, they guaranteed your payment. Guaranteed. You still own some of those? No. Did, did you sell them? Yes. You know, the richest realtor... I don't. I wouldn't call him realtor, real estate investor that I've ever spoke with. Said the trick is to never sell. And I'm like, I need one of these days. I'll know what that means. But he said the trick is to never sell. What does that mean? Um, I I believe that, uh, and and there's a lot of ways to to receive that. Um, part I believe that partly. Um, what that means is. As long as you own a piece of the earth, something that they're never, ever making any more of, then you're rich. <laughs> and, and real estate it. All, only goes up. You're never selling and you can rent it. You can do a variety of things with what you're never selling. I believe that because really it's not the property that's on it. It's the land that it's on. So, yes, but I was 20 something years old. And it was on my first flip property, I made over $220,000. That was just my first How long that house. That took less than 60 days to do. Damn. And I was hooked. Now you see sure. why. I was committed. Me and flipping were married after that. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody would. <laughs> but um, but but to me, that was the best way to become an, a millionaire before I was 25. Yeah. Hey, I'm just going to keep flipping these dollar houses. Boosh. And you you know what, what to do more and more and more. Yes. And you've been doing that since you were 25, you say? Uh, 20, oh, you know, it was 23, 24 when I first acquired it. So is, so so if I go into this flipping VT course, you're going to teach me how to do it from start to finish? I am indeed. Tip to tail? I'm going to tell you all the different ways to acquire property as well. All the all the, all the the ways to avoid so I don't go spend too much and pitfalls, buy a money pit? Pitfalls, pitfalls. And, you know, that's the thing. I, I know that I host. <laughs> I host a flipping show. So it's crazy to hear me say... I don't like that you're learning flipping from TV, but I'm just going to put it out there. I'm there to entertain you when you see me on TV. When you go to the VT, I'm there to educate you. Hey, now, basically, because she might not be able to say it because it's her show network might get mad. (laughs) But what she's really saying is the shit you see on TV isn't always as easy or everything that needs to happen because of editing. Yeah. So they make it they make it to entertain you, not to educate you. So that so the VT is exactly what it's for. It's so you can actually learn the right way and the, everything that's included to do. So any normal person that wants to be, you know, in real estate can be a virgin, not know anything. And Egypt will show you basically how to find the property, how to buy the property, how to flip the property, how to freaking do the whole bit and start to get yourself in a, in a bracket called rich. Now, I want, I'm trying to get to wealthy, but rich. People always say, I just want to be rich. I'm like, no, you really want to be wealthy. Okay, wealthy, that's different than rich. Like, you want to be wealthy. And to me, the difference is rich people make a lot of money. um, But if actually rich people have a lot of money and they spend it, and wealthy people 
make a lot of money that can't be spent. In other words, it just keeps coming. And it's generally cash flow. And so that's where I was going with this is here's what I thought, but what he meant. The trick is to never sell it because it's all about cash flow. If you have so many properties that that that, that there's that you're getting a hundred million dollars a month in cash flow, why would you ever sell the property? It, because it's you always going to go up. You it's asked me if I sold those properties, though. No, that but, was the question, right? You said, "Did you yeah, sell those?" Properties? And I'm sure he sold some in his life. All I'm saying is, he said, "The trick is." never sell. And I'm thinking, well, how do you make the money then? And then as I started to learn a little bit more, that cash flow, that Residual ROI. income. Yeah. That's what that's what mm-hmm. I think he was meaning. Mm-hmm. Meaning you want to get to a point where the cash flow is so much that you'll never need to sell the buildings because it continues to go up. Like, hey, I sold that two years ago for $2 million. It just sold for 3.1. Well, then if you wouldn't have sold it, you'd have 3.1. Also, and the cash flow the whole time. For your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm just getting into it, man. I'm going to go through your course. I know someone who has a password for me. <laughs> I, yeah, I think you know people. But we're just gonna, I think you know people, Pat. I'm just going to go in and QC it, make sure it's beautiful. I receive that. Yeah. You are a wealth of knowledge. Um, yesterday we had lunch, and um, my gosh, that's why I said, you know, Brad, my you are a motivator. Like you don't try to, but you are. You are. You put the gasoline in the tank because we sat down at lunch, and I I didn't say a word. I just kept listening, and I left like, oh, yes, that's what I needed to hear. So you're not trying. It's what you just you just are. Hmm. Well, go ahead, drop a bomb on that. Well, baby, yeah. that, that's 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 very nice of you to say, <laughs> and I'm going to receive it. I'm going to receive it. I'm going to receive that. Okay, good. Now, I had a million more questions for you. However, you have to go. So I'm not going to just keep any longer. But here's what I want to tell people. Number one, you can go find her at EgyptSharad.com. Anything she's up to, that's I'm sure what's going on there. Mm-hmm. That's her website. On Instagram, it's at EgyptSharad. Facebook's at EgyptSharad. Twitter's at EgyptSharad. You can't miss her. Where can they buy your book, Keep Calm? You can buy it on Amazon, or you can go to Keep Calm, it's just realestate.com. But let's be clear, this is the first time that I am I'm doing a course. This is the first time I'm doing anything where I'm trying to impart everything I know about, and I have two courses right now, and we're working on more. It's going to be a whole series of them. But anything about flipping, and if you aspire to have a successful career in real estate, what you need to know, the template to what you need to know to be successful, the first time I'm doing this ever. There's no website, no place else that you can go, but to the VT to hear me do this. Yeah, and here's where you go, folks. (laughs) You didn't tell me where to go yet. No, no, this, this, this is where I'm going to insert it. This okay. is where I'm going to insert it. So, good. So, go check that out. Get yourself a password if you're ready to rock and roll. Go get her book. Follow her, at least support her. And remember, share this out because if not you, somebody you know might need this knowledge. And you got to pass that shit on. Egypt, thanks for coming, by the Thank way. Thank you. This was fun. Sorry it took so long to get to, uh, you know, the fun stuff. I thought the fun stuff was was I wanted to get to the to the business part of things, but we just talked about yeah, a bunch yeah. of chit chat. This was all good though. Well, you, you're definitely a learned individual. You know that I received that. Well, you should receive it. <laughs> Wise soul, this one, folks. 
go out and share this podcast, rate it, and remember to always keep it real and go see your show. Yeah, Flipping Virgins, Property Virgins, they're still running those all over the place on HGTV. You can also catch me on OWN on the Black Love Doc. Hey, and, and next time you come back to film more stuff, we'll do another episode so we can get a little a little more info. Into business? Yeah. Okay. Well, just, just life in general. I know that you are a wise soul. From a wise soul. You're a wise soul. From I, a wise soul. I know this. Thank you. Until next time, kids. Learn more at flipwithegypt.com. This is Dropping Bombs with The Real Bradley. Subscribe at droppingbombs.com.